Okay. And my name is Ai, and uh, I, I'm a native Chinese. I came to the U.S. in 2003 to pursue a graduate school. So I went to Syracuse for two years. I got my MA in communication, and uh, then I went to University of Maryland for four years. I got my PhD in communication uh, with a concentration in public relations. Then I started teaching in 2009, and uh, at Stockton University in New Jersey, I have been teaching for seven years, and uh, I love social media, and uh, I have been using social media as a teaching tool for two years or so, and uh, uh, social media has truly transformed how I teach and my career as a public, public relations professor. And uh, how I got started on this was a few years ago, maybe two years ago, because I did lots of lecture in my classes regarding uh, social media is so important. And I told my students, you guys need to be on Twitter, on this and on that. It is just so crucial. But then one day I was just grading my student's paper and I read it, this one student, he had never even heard of Pinterest. Or, and he, he didn't even know how to use Twitter. And then I was like, wow, I just realized there was a hole in my teaching because I didn't walk the talk. You know, I, I talk a lot about social media, but I, as the professor, I never truly embraced social media. So that's kind of my biggest wake up call. And then I just, how I get started. I started to participate in Twitter chat and uh, like started to started to build my personal brand as a college professor. And I started to use Snapchat in my classes and I do office hour, I engage with my students, I do coaching and Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. So yes, and now, and later we came to South Korea and uh, I was like, okay, I'm transitioning to, I also do online teaching and also transitioning to become a, like a social media pedagogy consultant or specialist to offer trainings. So like, that's why I started blogging to build myself as the go-to person or enhance my credibility in this field so that people can approach me. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of my story. That's interesting. So, you know, all your articles, I, I think that I've read them. I've read, I think, all of them. Most. Of them. Oh, my God. My articles are very long. It's it, it was I had time and I was looking and I was just reading. And I, I it's fascinating how it how has it changed you as a professor in teaching? Oh, huge ways. You know, like I think there is always this uh, teacher-student distance. And I'm sure if you were students before, and you knew this, teacher, we just seem to be so different than the students. They are afraid of us. I don't know. Students, they just don't approach us. Think, oh my God, my professor is here. So weird, right? And, And, but like social media really breaks away, breaks down the distance, the power distance between the teacher and the student. 
and I seem to be much more approachable to my student, and I just love it. Every time by the end of the semester, because we have a hashtag for our class, and、uh, it is always so nice just to see students. They tweeted on Twitter that oh, I will miss this family. They will refer to my class as a family or a community, not just as a class. And I really think social media plays a huge, a huge role in that. And、uh, I also get to know my students at a more personal level, you know, because I also follow some of them on social media, and we, I kind of know, okay, this is their boyfriend or girlfriend. This is what they did over the weekend. This is their interests. And another big change is that, you know, before, like I'm only available to my students during the classes, and after the classes. I have very few students who actually come to see me during my office hour. Other than there was a big exam or big project that is due throughout the semester, I don't have that many to come to see me. But social media really makes me available to my students almost twenty-four-seven. They reach out to me all the time on Twitter, on Snapchat, whatever questions they have. And I do a quick video. I say, "Hey, blah blah blah. This is the, my response." And sometimes I also love it. You know, when they got an internship, they will share with me. I say, "Hey, Doctor I, guess what? I got this intern." And、uh, I became the first person to share their good news. So that is really exciting and rewarding to hear as a professor. You know, I, I really I build a connection with my students that. Transcend the whatever an hour and fifteen minutes in the classroom. So I really love it.、Mm-hmm. And it's more of a an engagement because you don't absolutely in class or in lecture. It's just you know you're the one that's going to be explaining everything, and then you don't really have time to kind of go back and forth and ask questions or any of that. So. That's that's what I think is so fascinating about how you're using social media because I think that it should be you know more adopted by other professors in other fields because some people look at it as a negative or you know that it's a bad 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 thing to use that it, it gets too personal、um, but I think it, it can、exactly. be as you know like any tool it can you be used for good or for you know to harm so we、I、exactly. That's amazing. I totally agree because I also do research in this field. You know, social media pedagogy is also my research interest, and I also go to conferences. I just hear this a lot from professors, you know, or other people. They say that social media is a fad, or they tell students if you spend too much time on social media, you are going to lose your job, or whatever. But I Don't think so. Social media, as you mentioned, is the same as everything else. You know, you can use it to save people or to kill people, depending. I think that's why we, as educators, we really need to coach students to help them. You know, and exactly, I think more professors, everyone needs a personal brand. You know, that's how you find me, right? And there are so many things I got people who invite me to write for their for their website. To do blog post for them, and、uh, to I got people reach out for research collaboration, all because I have a personal or professional brand on social media. You know, so many things happen to me. 
like research collaboration and speaking engagement, like this type of interview invitation. And uh, it's just a lot, you know. So not only does social media help me in terms of teaching, but also helps me for my research. And uh, overall, just as a professor, it is just amazing. And if other professors are thinking about this, and also helps teaching evaluation. Last semester, I adopted Snapchat, and uh, I, I think my student, my students, they were really excited. My teaching evaluation is like the best I have ever received. So definitely, really amazing. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, you know teaching evaluations have they've changed that you know, and now it's with social media. It's kind of like what how you figure out what what kind of professor. Uh, is through social media you look up their name you find their their pages their you know their course material and whatever so how how has you know social media for you changed and um you know all the platforms there's so many platforms how, how do you know which ones you would which, which ones you pick you pick the biggest ones you pick the like how yeah yeah that's a great question and for me because my students are young like like undergraduate students. So I pick up the platform that they, you know, I think as a teacher, it's really important that you speak the language of your audience. In our case, our audience is our students. You know, I think in basic persuasion 101, if you want to persuade someone or if you really want to connect with this person and you need to speak this person's language and a salesperson do that all the time. So I think my students in you know, last semester and they are really crazy about Snapchat. And so that's why I use Snapchat a lot. You know, I, I answer their questions. I do coaching. Like sometimes students have like career or even family issues. Some of them reach out to me and um, they will, hey, Dr. I, I have this, this going on. What should I do? Somehow I find that students, they are more likely to open up on social media, Snapchat, then in person. I, I, I don't know why, it's just such a strange thing. So I do coaching, so I use Snapchat a lot. I also use Twitter a lot because in my field, which is public relations and social media, uh, almost every single communicator is on Twitter or journalists, reporters, it is very important. So those two are the main um, primary platforms that I use to engage my students. But I also talk a lot about like Facebook, other platforms in my class as part of our class. But for for me to use, uh, to engage my students, I mainly use Twitter. Like many students, they don't like Twitter that much. So I kind of force them to be on there because like people in my field are there. Um, but Snapchat is the one that they are on and that's how we, we just talk. Mm-hmm. That's that's so interesting, and I read one of your articles, and it was it was about how tech savvy and like um, you know, you, mm. you assume that we understood just because we're you know a younger generation, or that we just understand technology, and that's that's not the case. We we understand certain types of technology, like if we ever use it, but for everyone, it's a kind of a level playing field. Um, exactly, exactly. Like you know this. Do you use social media the professional way? How about you? Yes. Do you? 
And I just noticed, like, most of my students, I was so shocked. You know, I teach a class on social media. I still remember the first day I have some students who walked into the class and they told me, hey, Dr. I, you know what? Social media, this is an easy A for me. Or, like, I can probably teach you something about social media. But then later in the class, they realized how I asked them to use social media is so different from how they used to use social media because they really use it as a entertainment or way to just mainly communicate with their friends, which makes sense because they grow up with social media in their entire life, you know, and uh, that's how they used to use social media for their entire life. And uh, but they really haven't been coached or taught how to use social media the professional way, you know, build a personal brand and how to write your bio in Twitter, for example, your Instagram, are you supposed to post every single like meal or crazy time you have? You know, we always read those articles that like, I think I recently read an article, one of the Ivy League schools, I forgot, maybe it's Princeton, and they rejected seven students' admission because they had a really bad social media profile. You know, I can only imagine what pictures they posted there. So students, they really don't realize this thing is public. You know, whatever you post there is public. People will get to know you, especially upon graduation. Like people will try to figure you out, understand you, and place. We have guest speakers coming to my classes all the time, and they ever mention they use social media to screen out students they want to take or not. So it is really important that students they know how to use social media professionally, and which is a big factor. You know, we also do a a personal brand audit in my classes, and I will give them certain tools. They will try to do an audit of their like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. They will do an audit of their uh, social media profiles, and very often they were surprised. It's like, oh my god, I didn't know I'm sending a message that I'm really into jokes or I'm really into concert. But in fact, I should be in communication, you know. And that's a that's a really big a wake up call for them. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to mention another uh, benefit. As I was talking, I realized, and because uh, for my classes, and uh, I always try to bring in professionals from the industry uh, who have been doing like communication or public relations, who are practitioners, not just like me, a professor. So before I started using social media, I always struggled to find enough people to come to my classes to talk to my students. But after I started building my personal brand on social media, you know what? Last semester, I had a waiting list of people who wanted to come to my class. The change is just like substantial. I was like, wow, I used to struggle, but now so many people want to talk to my students. And uh, it, it is just amazing. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of the same situation I was in. It was... When I first started podcasting, guests were far and few between. Um, you, you could ask someone through email or maybe find their page and direct message them. But it was really difficult to get people on. But then as I got, I like to call it like I got traction. Once I got the traction, 
they started just you know and then it became kind of overwhelming like uh, i can't schedule everyone at the same time so all right i gotta push this off till next month or maybe next week or you know whatever and it was it was interesting to me how that works and how you know you know social media the people just google names now like if i don't know who you are and i google your name i type it in i look oh there's your twitter there's your facebook there's your uh, snapchat i i go through that and i'll be like okay this is type of guests i want and that's what employers and other people are starting to do and i don't think people realize that um i had a guest yesterday we we were just she got a job as with that requires a bachelor's degree but because of her social media presence they gave her a chance to be a personal trainer um it was very interesting to me because like that's not something that usually happens and you know it's a ba- it's a requirement for the the job but they gave her a chance and she she you know showed them that she was able to do the task at hand and um i just thought that was very interesting and that her presence is large enough that she can engage her followers her followers are now her clients her, you know it's it's just so interesting of how how how, how exactly I think uh, traditionally, you know, people really use a uh, need to have, we need to associate ourselves to a particular institution to gain credibility. But I think social media kind of like breaks that down a little bit. You really don't have to have like tied up with any specific association to gain credibility. You can build authority for yourself through the power of social media, which is so amazing if you think about it. To some extent, you know, if you are so good at this, you can be a high school or middle school student and just tap into the power of social media, uh, create a brand for yourself and probably get yourself hired even before college. That is just so amazing. It is truly amazing. And uh, I know like even for the publication industry, you know, like traditionally we buy books from like publishers and then that's how you gain credibility, certain publishers. And I think it still does to a great extent, but I see that self-publishing is really rising. Like I have a ton of books I bought from people just because I follow them on social media and I trust them and uh, I love their content. All the books are self-published, you know, so I still love the content. It is so amazing. It, it just shows, you know, our society, how we, how we build our authority and uh, it's just changing so much. And I love it, you know, I, I, I really love it. I think it has opened uh, so many like doors and opportunities for people. Like we, everyone can do this, you know, everyone can do this, create a really stellar personal brand for them and find a niche and do whatever and just start to creating like really great content and uh, become an expert and build yourself as the go-to person. And I really want to use myself, leading by example. And that's the fundamental thing that triggered me to use social media, leading by example. I really want to show my students, you know, in my classes, we don't just talk about examples from the textbook or from the internet. I use myself as an example. Look, I have a personal brand. I got this speaking engagement. I got this research collaboration. I I got this invitation to become a guest on a Twitter chat. And my students, they saw it. They were like, oh, wow. 
it's it's much more um, influential and persuasive than some other random examples from the internet. So leading by example, yes. And I think I just want to tell my students, you know, if this can happen to me, it can happen to you. It can happen to every single person if you know how to use social media the right way. Mm-hmm. And you, live streaming, uh, you know, live streaming, there's there's so many different platforms. I think that's that's really what makes it so fascinating that there's not just twitter and that's all you have to use or the only thing it's that there's many different things many different tools and all of them have different features and uh like take take live streaming for example it has been incorporated in instagram facebook um and those those and the barrier for entering for live stream for those is very simple it's not it's just click a button record um and that's changed I mean, YouTube is not that not as well done as that, or Twitch as well, which is a different site. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still it's still there when you think about the live streaming aspect. If that they could, you know, take that aspect from Facebook and put it into, you know, into YouTube, that would make it much easier for people to live stream on YouTube. Um, but- definitely, definitely, I love live live streaming because I have been on sabbatical and the live streaming, and I haven't used like live streaming in my classes yet, but now I can really see there are so many ways that professors can use live streaming in their classes. Like for example, like even for you, you know, I know someone and who does podcast and go Facebook Live at the same time, and then this means that we can engage with the audience, and you can also edit the voice into a podcast. So I was thinking, you know, for my classes, why bring in a practitioner as a speaker in my class? I can, this person can join me through Facebook Live, you know. So instead of just having the speaker and my students, and we can invite the broader community to join the conversation to make it really interactive and people can participate. I love it. And uh, I think it's such a great way. And I personally, I also started a Facebook live show. And uh, I have been doing the Facebook live show for almost a month. And I also just started recently. And I love it. The engagement has been really crazy. So I do the show weekly. And I interview someone who is a, an educator or professional regarding how they use social media as a teaching tool. So I bring them in, they share best practices, challenges, recommendations, resources, and their journey. And then later after the interview, and my plan is to edit the interview to become a podcast and to also um, upload the Facebook Live uh, onto YouTube and uh, also write a blog post recap. So I have been doing the blog post, but I haven't done the podcast and the YouTube. And, but I just love it. And uh, I really love how people join conversation from the globe, you know, different countries. Like right now, I'm in South Korea, you are in the US probably while doing this. That's really illustrate the power of social media. And for my Facebook show, I have people coming from all over the world. And uh, it is just 
just so amazing coming together, having a conversation about social media and education. I just learned so much and people benefited from the show. I'm going to have my my next show tomorrow or like Monday, Monday afternoon, which is just like I'm looking forward to it. I just love it. I think more people should really tap into the power of live streaming and uh, to spread out their message. Yeah, that's been that's live streaming is a great tool, and it's become easier. It used to be so complicated. Um, now it's just a click of a button, especially with Facebook Live. That that was a new feature added a few months ago, I believe. Um, and you, you know, most companies are just like, it's not going to work. People are not going to use it. Um, but Instagram had it, and Instagram was successful with it. So then, you know, they all try to make it much simpler, and now you can do it through your phone you don't need some ridiculous powered computer to to do that and now it's just click a button you can talk to your 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 fans or your audience or you know your students as well and i think that's so amazing exactly on twitter you know i you can also i recently have also been utilizing video feature on twitter and i respond to people instead like you know video Instead of a tweet, I just like, hey, blah, 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 really elaborate. And uh, the engagement, I think social media is really about engagement. And video, doing video, the engagement is always better because you can see this person, you can hear the voice, and uh, it just seems to be a lot more authentic than uh, a text message, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's very different from anything else um, because it, it it kind of it engages you. It, it's most of the senses are you know as long as you can see a person, hear a person, that's really what you need. And um, I mean, in person podcasts, I, I'm I'm a great proponent of those. Like you need to have in person podcasts every once in a while because it you lose this. It does lose senses. I feel like. That does, you know, I also have guests who don't want to, you know, be on camera. So, I, you know, it's just audio and I have to focus, hyper-focused when I'm listening. Yeah. And that changes the, it just loses a little bit. But when when you can see someone, I, I don't feel like it's any different from being in person. Just, just, it just, it's just, you know, a, just a 2D image. But it's much, I think, you know, this is the best way to do it. Yeah, I just, we have we have so many people who are camera shy. You know, I used to be really camera shy, and Snapchat really helps me to come out of my comfort zone. I think everyone is camera shy. I don't know about you, but most people I talk to, they are just camera shy. And I think the only way to overcome it is to be in front of a camera. There's no other way. You know, whatever you are afraid of, and you just have to act on that fear. There's really no other way. You will forever be camera shy if you never get started on this. And uh, so going back to what I said earlier, leading by example, you know, this is what I'm using myself as an example to show my students. Sometimes you just have to push yourself a little bit, you know, especially being in front of camera. It can be intimidating, especially for maybe for older age people like myself, much older than you. And, uh, yes, but I love it, you know, and, um, it just like, once you just push yourself out of your comfort zone and you really see the power. And another thing is that 
don't focus so much on yourself. Really focus on the value you are bringing to your audience. I, I think that also helps me a lot. You know, I, it's not about me. You know, it's about the content I'm sharing. You know, how much my audience can benefit from my content instead of me. You know, and that also helps me a lot.、Mm. I also tried to explain the you know the barrier of entry has it's, it's it does not exist anymore. There's no you know in the nineties it would you would have to have a TV show,、uh, a radio show,、uh, like those things are you you had to have companies, you had to talk to people. Now you build yourself. You don't have people build you, and it doesn't take it it doesn't take so much money in finance to start off. You could. Just all you need is your phone. To start a podcast. All you need is your phone can live stream. It can do everything. All you have to do is connect through social media, and that's exactly and and push you know, the button. That's、push. all you need to do. Push the button. Exactly, exactly. Like blogging. I used to be. I actually just finished another blog for another website. I shared my journey as a blogger. I have only started on this in May, three months ago. And、uh, before that point, you know how many blogs I did in my entire life? Four, and、uh, and two of the four articles were invited by someone else to do a, a guest blog for their website. So I only self-initiated two blogs in my entire life, and、uh, it was just so crazy. But I like since I started the journey, you know, only within a few months. I got this email from Medium because Medium is the、uh, the platform that I use to do blogging, and、uh, and they nominated me to become a top writer in social media on Medium. I was like, oh my god, holy cow! I can't believe this because I have only been blogging for such a short period of time, but I do spend hours、uh, on every single blog, and I want to make sure. The content can be evergreen as long as possible, has good value for my audience, and、uh, so it just shows, you know, consistency. Like as you mentioned, you know, you can do it. Push the button, have a content, find your niche, and be consistent. You know, consistency and quality content will get you so far. You can build it yourself. You can build your kingdom by yourself without any institution, without any. Fancy, really fancy equipment. You just need to get started and be consistent, and then later, of course, you can upgrade your gears, things like that.、Mm-hmm. But you just have to get started. Yes, the starting is the most important, and once you get there, you just have to continue. Whether it's week by week, biweekly, or monthly, you just continue. You know, and that's that. I think is what people. Don't understand that it's easy to start. Just be consistent. Just keep putting out content, and you know whether you set yourself a schedule for once a month, one podcast、yeah. a month, or one、exactly. article a month, or one article a week. You know, it's 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 that kind of setting. What are you gonna do once, or you know, once a week, twice a week, or however you want to、uh, incorporate?、It. And there's really no barrier.、Um, exactly. And now. How- How often do you podcast? I'm just curious.、Mm, about around, around、uh, two to three times a week. That's really oh where, wow where I do it.、Uh, sometimes I take a couple weeks off j- just to 
you know, find guests because there's always a, or sometimes I, I'm asked, oh, do, can I be a guest? And that's also a, another way that I, I choose guests. But it's always, it's always kind of a pursuit. It's always like, okay, who who's next? Who do I who who do I want to have on? And it's always because there's so many people in so many different countries, and language is really what I found the the biggest barrier. I mean, I want to talk yeah. to people from who speak other languages. You know, from Russia. You know, they don't speak great English, or you know, uh, Ireland is a lot of people speak English there. So I talk to them or bilingual countries that speak English and, you know, or Spanish or Portuguese, you know, it, it, it's, it's really, that's the only issue. Um, I've had a few issues where guests don't, or I wanted a couple of guests and their English wasn't as what well, you know, thought out or, you know, they're still learning. Um, that, that's the only issue I found with, with, with this language barrier around podcasting. Cause of course, I can get everyone from the U.S. or everyone from Canada, but I also want to talk to people from other countries and get their perspectives. Um, I love it. I, I think it is like what you are doing is so cool. You know, having a global audience, it is so important, you know, not just people in the U.S., but from other countries. I love it. That's great. Yeah, I'm definitely like, tell me the name of your podcast. I will definitely check it out. It's the called the Two Americans Podcast. Um, it was... <laughs> Who is that? Who's the other guy or oh, other one? Oh, I, he was—he's my co-host. He's a—he's uh, uh, preparing for a SEAL school, so it's—he's not—he's uh—he's not, uh, not going to be on for a while. But it, we 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 started off. It was just me and him, and then I was like, "Why don't we do guests?" Because I was like, um, you know, he he did, he did he was like guests. What do you mean by guests? And then I was like, "Well, let's see if we can find someone who you know." Because we, he was interested in science. Uh, he's interested in like you know uh, uh, athletes and stuff. He, I was like, well, let's go, you know, find some athletes and talk to them. And then you know, I always have you know, if I know someone who I would like as a guest, I've met him before. I'll be like, oh, do you, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? And they'd be like, really? Oh, I was like, yes. Why not? Let's. It, it's it's a forty-five minutes to an hour. Um, I've had guests that I talk two hours like it's it, it, it just it just changes the flow and then meeting different people is really really what kind of opened my eyes of how people think differently and like absolutely you can't you can't you, can't, you know I'm I'm a person like you, you're in your bubble you have your own deem you have your own area but now that that barrier has broken and now you can speak to people from different perspective I mean massively different you know. Uh, one of my favorite guests is uh, Isadora. She's a, a singer. Uh, she she has uh, an amazing YouTube channel. Uh, it and it's a she's a she's vegan. So I didn't know anything about veganism, and you know she just taught me so much. Um, and you know discussing stuff. You know we don't discuss as much as we used to. There's n- never any discussions. Even in school, I, I had no discussions with my teachers. I had no discussions with my friends unless it was for 10, 15 minutes. And that was, you know, lunch was 45 minutes. And that was all the discussion. And you never got any more discussion. And that's that's really what I think this is podcasting. Why audio form is, is, is everyone's listening. Everyone wants to listen. Like the YouTube, I, I also put it on YouTube, you know, so people, if they want, I give them options, you know, so they can see or they if they don't want to see, they can just listen. 
and do other stuff you know think about traveling traveling is a lot of kind of wasted time so what are you gonna do at that time you can learn you can read a book but now you can podcast you can listen to podcasts and that's really what has changed the dynamic of how everything happens Mm, and that sounds so cool yeah i'm also a vegan by the way Ah, great yeah being uh, for 10 years or so Mm -hmm. And it, and I, I knew nothing about, you know, vegan. So it's, it's, the guests keep changing and I keep learning and learning that, you know, I like having guests on more than once. That's, that's kind of my, 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 my reason on that is because if you think about it, most podcasts, they have a guest once and then maybe never again, or maybe they'll have a guest like 20 or 10, 15 times because they, they enjoy the guests. They like having the guests. But I think... You know, coming back to someone and like, because this is our first conversation. Yeah, we don't know what the next conversation is going to lead to. So I think that's more podcasters should do that. And I think a lot of podcasters are switching to that kind of format. Um, Mine is free form. Some people are more niche and like focus on one specific topic. And, you know, hundreds of episodes get produced from that. And um, it's it's changed. It's definitely changed. there, the 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 way of podcasting is going to change. It's going to evolve, and more people are getting into it, which I think is great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know if you listen to this because I listen to podcasts a lot. Mm-hmm. The one that I listen to a lot is called EO Fire, and it's by uh, John Lee Dooms, and it's really amazing. And uh, he his entire he makes his living his money comes from podcasting he has people sponsoring the show and he run like retreat oh it's you should definitely check him out eo fire and um and he also bring like small like guest entrepreneurs and onto his show sharing their journey i really love listening to his podcast yes and i agree yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many great podcasters out there, and it's it's a monetizable field now. It's real, you know, the top hundred. If you look on the top hundred list, there's there's you know, I mean, there most of them are NPR. They're story based. They're 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 kind of uh, novel based. That's the way I like to think of those podcasts. And then you got, I think probably if Joe Rogan's right, there's twelve or thirteen. He gets hundreds of millions of dollars, and I, I would say he's my favorite podcaster because. His, his format is kind of, it's very different from any format. He'll have very different guests from, you know, it might be a professor, it might be um, some athlete or something else. It's really interesting, like his format. And then you go down the list and you have entrepreneurs, you have people in marketing and, and understanding um, other types of fields. And I feel like those are the best, you know, self-help podcasts, podcasts. Uh, fitness podcasts there's there's so many genres and Mm -hmm. and you can create stories by any means and people like hearing opinions um that's yes really the big yeah you know what do you think about this well i think this and then you like engaging with that person saying well i don't think that's correct i think this is correct and having discussions um one of my favorite youtubers philip defranco he's creating this uh news chat news channel and I can't. It's it's his his stuff is the most free form I've seen. He talks for twenty like ten minutes, tells you what's going on, what what he's 
he has researchers, he has everything that goes down, and he speaks to you. And then he, after that, you can engage with him in the comments. And then he'll he'll have a Friday show. The Friday show is like he reads your comments. He says, okay, this is what I think. I'm not sure, but, you know, he want they want his opinion as well. The That is what I think, you know, most most people want to know is like what do you think about this what about this situation how can you analyze that and it's it's always interesting seeing so many people kind of dissect what what is happening exactly i think going back to social media this is also why i love social media because as you mentioned in real life sometimes it is very hard to engage in like really kind of deep and long conversations with people nowadays. But social media, you know, you can join groups and uh, there are people talking about things. Like I follow a bunch of social media people and we frequently have really deep like conversations online. I just love it, you know. I really value like those. I treat those as ways to learn from others and I have learned so much from the people I follow online. It is so amazing. It is like... Having a coach or mentor with you all the time, you know, and um, it is like just so nice. Yeah. Having that kind of ways to engage with people and really get to know each other. And like, for example, I am because right now we are in South Korea and the time difference. I used to do Twitter chat like several times a week, like three or four times a week. I participate in different Twitter chats related to social media marketing to learn and network. And now I can only do two, but I still like the publicity I got from those people. And uh, very often people will invite me on LinkedIn, say, hey, we chatted a lot on Twitter and uh, things like that. It, it Like my professional network has been broadened substantially. And uh, as a result of it is sometimes I was just thinking, you know, it is hard to believe that I have only been on social media for two years, active. Like before, I of course, I have an account here and there, but I never fully like actively using that account. And uh, But now I have been really active on most social media platforms, and the results have been really, really, uh, really good. You know, it definitely moves me closer to my, to my goal. I think everyone on social media, and also going back to what I want to tell my students, you know, you really have to understand your why. You know, Simon Sinek, he talks a lot about your why. And I think it's really important, you know, you understand why you are so on social media. Why do you want to be there? And what is your end goal? So you really have to, like, know the end, the big picture. Where do you want to get eventually? And kind of go back and see how social media can help you get to where you want to get and which is also one of the articles I wrote you know and the mistakes I made in my in building my personal brand I was just all over the place chasing after shiny objects one after another without having an agenda for myself I was always on other people's agenda you know helping them promote this and that which I still enjoy doing and but at the same time, I also have my own agenda. You know, what do I want to get out of my presence on social media? Let's be honest, social media is time consuming, right? It mm -hmm. takes lots of time to engage with people. So you really want to maximize the time you spend on social media 
to move you closer to your goal, which is my biggest takeaway from being on social media for two years. And, um, and also I try to, again, leading by example to tell my students, don't waste too much of your time on social media. Understand clearly why you are on social media and how being on social media is going to help you achieve whatever you want to accomplish at the end. Mm-hmm. And I also think, you know, you know, everyone focuses on followers or like how many people are following you. And, you know, you, you kind of have to put that in aspect. Say you, you have you know 500 followers that can fill uh like a room like it could fill like a little little stage it could you know or if you have 2000 you could fill a whole theater and you people don't think of it and then you know some people have 15 60,000 they're like oh i don't you know it's not that many you know there's people with millions and i'm like you literally can fill a football stadium a soccer stadium you can fill pretty much any stadium in the world if you had everyone there and it's like you got to think of this as people not just not just you know numbers it's 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 very abstract when people think of it and uh they don't focus on engagement you know engagement's the most important thing if you if you have a hundred thousand followers and only five thousand of them engage with you every day yeah that's very low engagement and if you have someone who has ten thousand and all ten thousand engage well, that's much better than having a hundred thousand because you're engaged with these people. You're always speaking to them, and uh, you you know, of course, people are going to lose interest and move on to other things. But it's always it's always going to have there's always going to be a set number of engagement and bringing more more people. The more people, the more eyes, the more people that watch or listen, it, it just gets it compounding and it can get insane in the numbers and you could just ride off into the sunset and never even know why you got there and exactly i 100 percent agree you know and like lots of people only now just look at numbers but they purchase followers and i really don't recommend that practice i think you just need to do it like slowly focusing on engagement and growing organically you know because even if you have thousands of followers but when people look at your profile you have no engagement mm-hmm. to me that's just like you know you only use social media to promote yourself you never engage in any conversation with any other person and to me that's a big turn off you know i i think i a hundred percent agree with what you sh- you shared you know even like 500 people that's a, like a room full of people you know that's like a lot we don't see that you know don't really uh, pursue numbers for the sake of numbers. Focus more on building community. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather have 100 people who engage with me than 1,000 who never talk to me, you know. So engagement definitely is, is, is so crucial, yeah. And, and once you focus on engagement, you will grow. When I started, I had about like 300 followers on Twitter only two years ago. And now I have almost 5,000 followers I gained organically from through Twitter chat, just being on Twitter. And my medium, you know, when I started, I had about maybe 500. And just like two months ago, now I have 1K followers. And uh, it, it, it will come, you know, when you focus on engaging with others and producing more quality content. And uh, people will come to you. People will find you, you know. I recently read this article talks about uh, like the art of blogging and how to promote your blog. 
And he said that someone mentioned that the 20-80 rule, meaning that you spend 80% of, 20% of your time writing the blog and 80% of your time promoting the blog. And he was against it. He said, no, that's the wrong approach. You should reverse it. Spend more time focusing on producing good content and 20% I promoting, I kind of agree, you know, even on social media, 80% of focusing on promoting content and engaging with people and then followers will come, you know, self-promotion, you, you don't have to worry that much. If you are good, you know, people will f- flow to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's interesting because there's another topic that I, I'm very interested. It's, it's, I think people need to understand, you know, people focus so much on competition, competing, you know, going against each other, you know, who's the best of this, who's the best of that. And I'm like, you need to focus more on collaboration. Collaboration is, is the biggest key. It's the, it's, it, um, you, you talk to someone and someone goes to them and then someone comes to you and it's, it's a back and forth situation, you know, um, just by me talking to you, maybe 20, 30 people go and see all your articles, read them all. And then, you know, maybe one or two people that read your articles come to me. It's it's about collaboration. It's about working Absolutely. With Absolutely. I love what, I don't know if you follow this guy, Brent Fenzel, iSocial Fans. He is amazing. He's definitely um, a must to follow. He's really great in social media. And one thing he always uh, preaches is uh, the future of business is collaboration. I just truly agree. I think so. You know, like collaboration is, is really amazing. And that's why I, again, I just love social media so much because of social media, I'm able to connect with so many people, with many people I'm collaborating on research or speaking so many other things that is otherwise impossible, impossible. You know, some people I collaborate, they are in like other countries that I would never ever visit the country personally myself, at least in the near future. And uh, just collaboration, you know, and uh, that's why I also do the shows. I interview people, you know, collaborating with them and sharing their knowledge, promoting their expertise. I love the saying that. You know, when you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. It is true, you know, and just help others, promote them, sharing their content and learning from their expertise. And I'm really like reaping the the benefits, you know, from like building other people's content, promoting their content and learning from them. Mm-hmm. the the learning aspect is you're always learning it's it's not it's not it's not there's never a point where you've mastered anything or you've become uh the greatest or you know it, it's always a constant process and that process never ends um and i think people need to understand that that it's you know okay yes i, I these are your goals for social media but you know you you'll surpass those goals eventually like you might not even notice it might just happen in a click and you know focusing on analytics i used to do that a lot just like the numbers what what is happening here that's good just not so much involved you need to kind of step away not just crunch numbers just as long as it's a steady flow of you know climbing or you know maybe you peak people peak it happens in all platforms you know you might hit them uh, like 10,000 and that's your max.
but you know what 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 is the issue there maybe it's your content maybe you're not producing enough content because people want constant content because you know my favorite youtuber i need more i need more I, i've only seen them once today it's only you know it's uh, and you got to think that kids are um children especially they watch youtube gaming they watch youtube live streams they, they that's how they they that's their entertainment part now and that's what they do for fun and that that you get audiences large large audiences uh-huh. the, the 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 population of the world i think 20 percent is under 10 so it's it's a large audience and that's billion at least half of 500 million people that's a lot that's really a lot <laughs> You know, Definitely. 500 million kids following you because you, you, you write stories or you tell stories and you, you know, teaching kids science. Like that's one of my podcasts for kids in science, you know, learning Bill Nye, the science guy, you know, it's, it, it's a constant process. Um, he has a podcast and now people listen to that. Bernie Sanders has a podcast. Everyone's doing a podcast or doing some type of live streams, some type of way of communicating long form format. And it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you mentioned lifelong learning. I agree. You know, I think all of us need to be lifelong learners, which is also a mistake I made when I just started teaching. I stopped learning. You know, I was like, okay, I got my PhD. I may probably I can take a break. So I was still learning in the traditional way in terms of research and keeping up with publications. But I didn't make an effort to learn what is going on in the industry. And I was behind and my teaching was behind you know that's that's not good lifelong learning is really important and students need to understand that they don't just learn everything from the professors you know or like while they are in college there's so much more they can learn from just like social media following people and join relevant facebook groups and or like a podcast is another great way to learn and there are so many online courses and uh, like the massive open online courses, there's just so many, you know, you can learn. And uh, it's, it's a lifelong journey. It's ongoing. You never stop learning, you know. It is like our industry is changing so much. Regardless which field you are in, every single field is changing so much. If you don't keep up with the learning, you will be behind, you know. Yeah, I think... I think that's also what professors need to tell students because if we teach them certain things like social media, you know, whatever platforms we discuss in class, maybe the platform will be gone in a few years. You never know. They come and go. But it's really important that students have that ability to stay updated and desire to engage in lifelong learning and to educate themselves and to engage in self-directed learning. I think all those are really important than like just talking about specific platforms, but really help students see the big picture so that they can keep educating themselves once they leave college. Mm-hmm. And how, as a, you know, a, focusing so much on social media, those new platforms, um, you know, I have, I don't know whether something's going to be successful or not. That's like my biggest issue. Like, you know, there was Vine, that was, a, you know, a huge, huge... <laughs> social media for like a year and then it fades off and then you have beam beam was a very small one and then it it got big and then it just all the fall everyone just stopped using it and it's it's very interesting like how how do you create such a successful social media platform 
you know, Facebook is the biggest one right now. It, it's it. Everyone uses it. Everyone has a Facebook account pretty much. So how, in your mind, what what is your opinion on how do you tell which to 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 begin or to start, you know, on new social media platforms? You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a great question. I used to be like everything that's new coming out, I will be there like using it. And I was like, oh, that's not only is exhausting and uh, it really uh, leaves me little time to do what I'm supposed to do. And uh, also, <clears throat> like also goes back to, you know, understanding why. And once you understand your why and you understand a focus for your storytelling, and once you do that, you also kind of understand who's your audience. It's important to know who is your audience and understanding where your audience is. Maybe your audience is on Snapchat or maybe your audience is on, on Facebook. So when new platforms come out, like I don't recommend just jump on to the new platform. Probably like, but there are probably people who are arguing against me, but I think in my case, because I clearly know what is my, my why, I have my own agenda in terms of creating content and building my community on some of the existing platforms. So for new ones, like I tend to kind of just observe a little bit and I follow certain like influencers on social media. I'm sure many of the big names you probably know, like Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V and a bunch of others. I also uh, watch Social Media Examiner, which is another big uh, like leader in the industry. They do shows. They, they also have weekly shows to tell you the, up, the latest changes. And I listen to them. I learn from others. And if everyone is kind of already talking about this, this thing is a big thing coming up, and I may give it some time. And if not, and I just kind of ignore because I have way too many things to do on my own things on my own agenda and the platforms that I need to use. So maybe I will not be the very first, first group jumping onto anything. And, uh, but if enough people are talking about it, especially the leaders I respect because they are ahead of the game. If everyone of them is talking about this, I may check it out. Otherwise, no. That's an interesting, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I'd never thought about that. Well, thank you, I. It's been great talking to you. It's, it's been kind of eye-opening, that last statement. Because um, I, 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 in my eyes, it was just like, wait until ever, you see people go on there. Not, not the influencers, I've, I, I've never thought of it that way, that the, the ones who kind of push people towards new brands, towards a, kind of a new, new, new apps or new social media pages. Yeah, because there are like we only all have so, so much time, you know. Unless social media is your business, you can just test out. Yeah, that is also understanding why. You know, if I were a social media person, okay, I were a social media manager, whatever, whatever new platforms, I will jump on. You know, I will tell people this is the good and bad about this platform. But that's not my job. You know, my job is. I use social media as a teaching tool. That's my job, which was really confusing to me at the beginning. I, 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 like, if you look at my early storytelling, I almost felt like I was a social media manager, but I'm not. Social media is the channel for me to, to tell my true message, but social media is not my message. So that's not my goal. I'm not going to jump onto every single platform and exhaust myself to the extent I almost lose sight of my own agenda, which happened to me. 
And uh, but again, you you really have to understand yourself. If social media is not 